And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang. We are going to get nerdy today. Um, I did something that I have not done in at least two years that I can think of. Um, But I'll get into that in just a minute, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, I've already... Yeah, it's it's going to be a good time. I, I I just I feel it in my bones. It's going to be good. Um, just a quick little bit of business, and then we'll jump into the nerdiness that I have planned for us. Um, first off, I want to say thank you to anybody that has emailed me. Um, recently, we have just uh, put up the brand new Jazo Modcast Podcast Network website, and we received a large amount of comments via email and um unfortunately it was it was 99.999% negative <laughs> and i am a person that you know i i listen to what you guys tell me so we are going to go back to the drawing board and we're going to try it again. I don't know how long this is going to take, but we are going to try this again. Um, just because I, I feel that the, the the website that we have right now, I, I don't know why, I just feel like it's dated. Especially with all the great uh, new you know, like syndications that are coming in and the new shows that were coming in. Um, you know, there's, there's people that are in in the works right now that I haven't even announced that's going to be a part of the exclusive network. And I just felt like it needed to grow with the times like we're growing with the times. It's just getting bigger and better. And so I tried to, to do a a website that matched what I felt that was the image for the Jaisal Modcast podcast network. And I was wrong. I and I can admit it. You know, I, I I I'm first to say, okay, my bad. I made an error. So we are going to, like I said, retry it again. Um, I have not. I'm not 100 percent sold on if we're going to go back to the old format or not while I work on this, because that would take a lot of effort. And um, I'm just, I don't know yet. I don't know. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm so busy with everything. And I, I feel fried, to be completely honest with you guys. I do. I feel like I'm just, I'm burned out. And, you know, that's one of those old sayings that be careful what you wish for because you might get exactly what you want. And, you know, when I, I started back in 2017, I started everything back up. And uh, it was just uh, editor Mark, uh, Mike Lutz and I, and we decided that we were going to relaunch the World of Myth magazine, and that was pretty much it. I had no intentions of anything other than 
just running the magazine and having fun. And, and in fact, I, I specifically told him, you know, I said, I don't want to go into business again. I don't want to go back down that road. Um, but you know, it takes a life of its own and it, it just, it kind of just motivates you to do things. And that's exactly where I'm at is I'm, I'm back on the road of business. You know, I, I'm running this company, uh, to the very best of my ability. And, you know, and the reality is, is yes, I do have some help, but reality is, is that I do a lot of the business myself. I do a lot of almost everything myself and I just, I'm tired. So I don't know how much time I'm going to have, you know, I, number one, I don't know how much energy I'm going to have to, to revamp this website again. Um, because you know, we have over 800 shows on the network. You know, we started November 26th, 2012. And we've been intermittently producing, you know, shows on a regular. And over that time, we've accumulated a lot of shows. And so we would have to do a page for every single episode ever recorded. So that that's going to be quite an undertaking. Um, and I also I. I'm looking into finding a new podcaster to replace me in Who's the Boss. Now, I've decided that obviously I'm, I'm going to stay with my public life as an American nerd because, number one, um, come the end of December will be the end of season three. So I get like a six-month break. Um, you know, I, I could be four. It could be five. It could be six. It depends on what I want because like – I think this time around, I, I didn't take a complete six-month uh, break. I think I maybe took like a five-and-a-half-month break. I don't know. It just to the point where my batteries are recharged and I can go through and do this again. Because, um, you know, podcasts take a lot of work and a lot of effort. And and that's, that's just preparing stuff and, and setting down and finding time and making sure the kids are quiet and, and the house is quiet and – and everybody's copacetic with everybody and, and then, you know, produce it. Then you've got to edit it and do all your audio magic to get it up on SoundCloud and then onto the website. And, and it, it's it's an undertaking. It really is. So I am going to find a replacement for Who's the Boss? And Who's the Boss is my interview show. We've had some really good interviews this year uh, as I brought brought it back and uh what was it i want to say it was in june or july i brought it back and we've already we've had quite a few every week there's a, a new interview so uh i don't know yet uh if you know anybody that would be interested in interviewing celebrities uh, actors musicians entrepreneurs you name it like um now for example in and I ran him here last week, but he was also on Who's the Boss, was um, Scott Silverman. And, you know, he, he has a great story to tell. And it it's not really entrepreneurship, but it's a great story. You know, it's something that needed to be told. So I'm, I'm looking for someone to take that spot. So it gives me an opportunity to just kind of like, okay, 
you know, because also I have the Jaiselmon Pop Culture Expo coming up February 8th, and I am working my butt off to to get this thing right where I want it. And it takes a lot of work. And again, it, it should be delegated to a handful of people, but, you know, in reality, my inner circle is pretty much me. So I'm doing all the, the legwork on this. And it is what it is, but it's, it's taking a lot of my time. And with that being said, is I'm also going to be bringing in executive directors. Executive directors under publications, executive director under the podcast network, um, and probably one for like wrestling, uh, because we're, we're starting a wrestling program. And that way it allows me to solely focus on PCE, Pop Culture Expo. So that is what's going on. And somewhere along the line, somewhere over the rainbow, you might find a new website. I don't know. But I promise you that I will do my best to to get you a new uh, Jaisal Modcast Podcast Network website Hopefully, by the end of this year, before Christmas. That's my goal. So, there you go. Okay, so let's get into what I was talking about, about being nerdy. Now, anybody who knows me or even remotely followed me whatsoever. And, you know, I get it. I get it. I'm not nobody famous. I'm not nobody special. So... I'm not I don't have high hopes for people really following what I'm going to say is is that you know I'm a, I'm a big X-Men fan. I've been an X-Men fan since 1987 roughly. And then in 1990 is when I really got into being a, a comic book nut X-Men fan and I was an X-Men fan all the way up to probably in my 30s. And then, uh, you know, things kind of got wonky in the business and, and all this uh, SJW stuff that was being thrown out there just kind of turned me off. Um, then in 2015, when my wife died, I, I'd stopped. I literally, I stopped everything. And... Um, I think somewhere, I think in 2017, it was it was part of me trying to be recreated, you know, creative. So I went to this thing called Comicology.com, and you could go and you could buy all these great old issues. So I went and dropped a stupid amount of money and bought a whole bunch of back issues of the X-Men on digital copy. And like I said, that was in 2017. Here we're at almost the close of 2019. So we went to the High Desert Comic Cult on I Avenue in Hesperia, California. And we were talking about, you know, the new comic books that's coming out and, and the state of the industry, comic book industry. And I went to go buy an X-Men number one because X-Men is yet again relaunching their their magazine or their comic book and 
Henry, the owner, he he told me, he's like, no, they're sold out. I was like, ooh, you know, that's a good sign for the industry because, you know, people people have a hard time, me included, like this this book that I bought was five bucks, four ninety nine, five bucks. That's 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 heavy on the read. You know, you know, I mean, well, for a comic book. Because what is it? It is what was it? I think it, I want to say. Well, I guess we could look it up. I know I, I'm not really big on looking stuff while I'm recording, but um, I want to say it was like 32 pages. Now, mind you, growing up reading X Men, reading comic books in general, that was company standard. Was 32 pages, and um, what was I paying? A dollar, dollar twenty-five for like thirty-two pages, and then um, they started, you know, cutting it down to make more room for advertisers. So now I think a, an actual regular comic book is, I want to say, twenty, twenty-two pages. Uh, let's see. I am looking. At this here, let's take a look and see if it tells me. I'm actually going to Marvel.com and seeing. I want to say it was 32 pages. So like a full 32 pages of artwork. Okay, so what it is is... <laughs> okay, according to Marvel, it was 40 pages. Now, that is like 40 pages of for comicology. So they count like um, the cover as a page, and they count the inside stuff as a page, and the schematics on and you like. So you have the cover, then the inside cover. They count that as a page. So it, it's not truly forty pages. Um, so I decided I'm going to take a look. Let's find out. And it was actually thirty-three pages in total of work of of frame to frame work so you know 33 pages for five bucks is a lot of money if you sit down and really think about it so what is that that it's like 15 almost 15.5 cents per page something like that i mean that's expensive i mean people may not think so but it is. I mean, you know, you could go to, um, you know, mind you, these are, and a lot of people misconstrued that comic books just are purchased to go look at the pretty pictures. That's not it at all. Uh, well, that's not true. There, There is some people that just purely buy it for artwork and don't read the story. But the majority of people purchase a comic book to be read. So... You could go to Walmart and buy like a, what a four hundred page novel for five bucks. Okay, so think about that. And again, I, I understand. I'm, I'm a publisher of a micro business. I understand how it works. Okay, I know. I get it. I know why you can print you know three four hundred page book for the cost of I don't know. Say a hundred-page book, 
You know, I, I, I get it. I know why. Because of the, the colors. I get it. Okay. So no one dropped me no hate mail. I'm just saying that 15, almost 16 cents per page per comic book, that's, that's pretty costly, even in today's market. Okay, so if you haven't figured out what I'm talking about yet, is I went and brought, bought the brand new X-Men number one. And this was... Uh, before or this is after the legacy i stopped reading the comic book before the legacy numbering which i think is a really good idea and i think i might have even talked about it here on the show and pretty much what they did is they went back and they're like okay though it's number one it's actually the 645th issue that we've produced of the x-men and that's what it is it says it's uh, legacy x-men 645 which i do like that um, and so I'm looking at it, and it's uh, familiar artwork by uh, oh, what's his first name? I know his last name's You. It's uh, well, well, I want to say it's Francis. Francis You. Um, he he was an X Men artist many years ago. Great artist. So I'm looking at it, and they've redesigned the X Men uh, logo again. Don't like it. I won't lie. I don't like it at all. It's very plain. Um, so, and I'm looking at it, and it, it, the first thing I notice is, is other than Wolverine, because, you know, Wolverine has to be in everything, um, and he's back in his brown and, and orange costume, which is kind of cool. They're all Summers, all of them. There is uh, up at the front very forefront is wolverine who's not a summers but you know he's wolverine and then you have rachel summers and then behind her is her dad and her mom uh scott summers gene gray summers behind them is um nathan summers or nate summers their kid who is like a feature or uh, alternate version of Cable. Uh, his name was X-Man. He came from um, Age of Apocalypse back in the 90s. And behind Jean Grey is Alex Summers, which is Havoc. And then behind uh, Nate Summers is his grandfather, which is Christopher Nathan Summers, uh, Kazar. And then in the very background is um vulcan <sighs> he's a kind of a summers uh he's not technically a summers um somewhere along the line and in, in, in continuity um the summers's mom got abducted by the shiar king the king dekin and she got pregnant with him, with the the Vulcan. So he's technically not a Summers, but he is part of the family. And I don't know what his name is. And then there looks like they're standing on the moon, and Earth is in the very, very background, floating in space. It's a great picture. It really is. It looks really nice. I like it. Okay, so we start with the first page, and it's... Uh, it's one, two, three, four, four horizontal panels. Um, they're all black, 
and with specks of red, and it opens. The very first word is Vin. Now, now I, this is just me being picky, okay? But whenever I have um, a book, I still have this book today. It's re- written by uh, Peter David, and it's how to write comic books. And when you are telling a story, you are narrating a story. When when the character's first person, they're in quotation. So that's just it just is then, period. That's it. No no punctuation other than that. And I'm being picky. And then it says uh, there's a circle, and it's just kind of floating there. No, nobody knows who's saying it. It says, "Open your eyes." Then, and that was on the centered left-hand side. Now, on the centered right-hand side, it says, "I can't, sir. I won't. I'm scared of what might happen. Well, what'll what'll happen?" My brain has a tendency to try to edit things as I'm reading, so I apologize. If I'm not giving you word for word, my, my mind wants to put a word in there. So then it goes back over to the left-hand side, and it says, I understand. You are afraid. You're going to hurt someone. But choosing to keep your eyes closed because you're scared? That's what they do. And then in the center, it says, and you don't have to be, let me blow this up so I can read it here. And you don't have to go through life blind because you are not like them. How do you know? The other rebel says. Because I have a small measure of experience in those who are extraordinary. Now, dot, dot, dot. <clears throat> Have you already figured it out yet? But this is, I yeah, I had figured it out before I even turned the page. I knew what it was. Actually, I, I admit, I didn't turn the page. I was reading a frame-by-frame frame breakdown on comicology. So, but the next shot uh, is a, uh, it's a quarter view close-up of, of Professor Xavier He's all in red, like a red light. You know, like Scott's looking through his quartz uh, visor or his quartz lenses. And it says, open your eyes. Now, okay, here are some things that popped to my mind. And knowing for sure now that the second page first panel is Professor Xavier is that he said that... Okay, let me go back down there. You are not like them. Now, he he would never refer to mind you, I I am a nerd. I told you I am I'm exposing my nerd today, boy. Is um he would never call the human race or homo sapien race them and that felt very derogatory and i didn't feel like a a professor xavier i know now mind you this 
is not the Xavier I know because of some weird timeline that I did not read. Um, but just, it didn't feel like a Professor Xavier kind of thing he said. So I'm just being nitpicky there. Okay, so now we're back on page two, panel two, and it's a side view close-up of Scott Summers. He's looking out his ruby quartz glasses for the first time, and it says, they work. The glasses work. Now, this is a great picture. Um, we haven't learned who's the artist yet on this, and we'll get there. I, I'm almost... I, Almost 100% sure his name is Francis, but I'm not sure. 100% sure. Um, Francis Yu, great artist. Anyway, it's uh, the, the only thing that I see – well, actually, there's two things that I see that, that don't really fit well with me as a comic book – well, uh, X-Men nerd – is in this picture of uh, Cyclops, we can see the white of – Cyclops's eyes. Now, Cyclops's eyes are red. Again, nitpicking. I know, I know. Just something I noticed. Also, how did I notice that his eyes were white? Now, the projectory, and this is coming from Stan Lee, the man himself. I read this a long time ago, back probably when I was first learning to read. Um, that he had like little side panels on the side of his glasses to keep any projectory forces going out and, and striking people out of his peripheral. So that's those side panels. It's just regular glasses. So he, he kind of missed that. <clears throat> those two things on that one panel. And then it's a kind of a fun shot. It's a, an over-the-shoulder of Scott Somers, who's a complete silhouette. And he has his hand on his glasses, and he's like, I can see! And then Professor Xavier in the front, and he I think he's smiling a little bit. Uh, it says, better than most, my boy. That's uh, a good good panel, good, good dialogue. It felt right. Uh, no criticism there. And then it goes to the next panel... And it's Professor Xavier setting into an old-fashioned wheelchair, which I kind of liked. Um, the only thing that I I felt that maybe uh, they should have toned down the technology in the lab that he was setting in, you know, because obviously this was before the Shi'ar Empire uh, ran, you know, ran up with him, and he got the Shi'ar technology again. Yes, I I have my nerd out. All the way, kids. Um, another fun thing that I noticed is in the very front, over to your left-hand side, is Cyclops's um, very famous and signature visor that he wears in battle. And I thought that was really fun. Uh, and it says, now this, I don't know, maybe it's just how I'm reading of it, but it doesn't feel like an Xavier thing to say again. It says, and oh, the things I will show you. It just doesn't feel like an Xavier type thing. Again, I'm nitpicking. I understand. Um, just being a nerd. Okay, that was panel four, page two. Let's go on to the next page. 
And it is one of those insert pages. And it's the new X-Men logo. It's a brave new world. Mutants around the world are flocking to the island nation of Konoa for safety, security, and to be part of the first human society, or mutant society. Standing in between the sacred land and the human world are the heroes of mutantdom, the X-Men. And then it's Cyclops, Storm, Polaris, Magneto, Dr. Reyes, Jean Grey, Havoc, Vulcan, Wolverine, Cable, uh, Rachel Summers, and Quasar. Now, <clears throat> this isn't the first time this has been done. Um, the 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 pre-schism, and if you've never read any pre-schism stuff with the X-Men and you like X-Men or you like comic books, oh, go read it. It's amazing stuff. Great stuff. Um, and it was uh, Brubaker. Ed Brubaker wrote that stuff, I believe. That was really good stuff. And it was essentially Cyclops took over Genosha and turned it into the first mutant nation, and he was like their president, their leader. It was good stuff. It was really good. Now, this is kind of like the same idea, but kind of have a hippie, nature-y type feel to it. Um, but I'm cool with that. It's it's kind of neat, you know? Um, but it's not the first time this idea has been proposed or even put out there to the public. Okay, we're going to the next page. Jonathan Hickman is the writer. Lee Nil, Francis Yu. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. Uh, I was thinking of his, it's, yeah, that was his middle name. But yes, that's the artist. I was right. Um, I don't know none of these other ones. I know Joe Quazada. I know C.B. Sabinski. Sabolbinski. I, I apologize. I slaughtered that name. I know I did. Um, I remember him when he was a writer. Dan Buckley's still president. Alan Fine. Okay, not bad. Um, that's supposed to be a double-page spread, I think. Okay, so now we're down to this. And it says now. So now we're now. And we're at the 30-minute mark. <laughs> I may not be able to read through this whole thing with commentary. Uh, let's see. It is – it's a building. It's a futuristic building. They're sitting in a forest with mountains behind it. And um, it kind of leads over into the second panel where Storm's head is fading into the first panel. And she's giving what looks like uh, Sentinel, Nimrods, um, and bad guys in electric shock. And she's speaking, but the speaking bubble goes up into the first panel. But she's actually speaking in the second panel. So what they're trying to demonstrate is, is that that was what was looked like on the outside as she was electrocuting these people on the inside at that exact same moment. It's just a, a little trick that is done in comics. <clears throat> and it says, they thought they were there. They thought they could hide from us, but they were wrong. We reached 
the heart of the last orchard stronghold on earth. Now, again, I haven't followed the X-Men. I know that these are probably not the X-Men that I knew, but that does not sound like a very Storm Oro Monroe type thing to say. Um, Storm for most of my comic nerdom has been a pacifist and she did not take pleasure in having to hunt somebody down. So that again, just being, you know, the, it's other than Cyclops, she's the next character being introduced into this new storyline. So there you go. And then it's a, a, a side view of her. With the, it looks like a hand of a sentinel. And it says, So be careful, Cyclops. If you look close enough, you can see the desperation in their eyes. Suicide bombs and serving the greater good are always the last refuge of a conquered people. Okay. And then a close up of her eyes, and she's like, Oh! Which. Okay. I mean, I don't know if they're going for like, oh, crap, and didn't put in the crap, you know, but they could have done that. I mean, and uh, then you see the next page, Storm's ducking out of the way. Uh, Optic Blast is hitting like a Nimrod-looking sentinel behind them. Then you see Cyclops in a, an iconic position or pose where he's standing, holding his, his, uh, his button on the visor. And it says, I'm always careful storm. It's part of my charm. And then there's a panel where everybody's down, but Cyclops is helping her up. And it says, thank you. Not a problem. Surprise, the giant purple robot snuck up on you. It's because I'm tired, but I don't know what I'm more tired of. Now this, uh, okay, uh, I'll read this part and then. These engines of death or the men who insist on making them. I don't know. I don't know if I just... Again, it, it I, I it was I get it. it was a strong you know the engines of death you know I get it but it just didn't feel like a, a type of storm scene. So they go from there. Then all of a sudden now they're in this hallway and he's Cyclops is against a sidewalk picking over, seeing the back of neither their uh, more Nimrod Sentinels or or uh, bad guys. And he says, for years, we've endured small winds. We've called instrumental change process, or progress, sorry. When what we've really needed was a giant leap forward. And then it's another panel of him blasting. And then he goes, well, this is it. And then uh, he blasts the top of a building, which you don't see. Because he gets cut off, but it ricochets and hits those the guys, and the guys go flying. And now another side, uh, not side. Storm and Cyclops are hiding behind walls as the bad guys are shooting, 
but he keeps talking and it's uh these machines are the product of great human minds on the planet the very best they had to offer then next one is storm electrocuting more of the bad guys and uh, it says but now they know no amount of in- ingenuity can stop what's coming and then a uh, close up a storm and that is they can put a coat of paint on it they can shine it up bright but nothing will hide the fact that they spent far too long passing off the past as the future not bad that's not bad okay next page is psych and storm running with smoke in the back and it's Storm again, and she's like, yes, man should know when he is beaten. He should know to break and run, or surrender and ask for unearned mercy. And yet... Now, again, that just does not feel like Storm. Unearned mercy. <clears throat> now... If if you again if you're a fan of the X Men, go and find the episode not episode I'm I'm in podcast mode. Go find the the issue. I'm trying to think of what issue it is where she battles Callisto for the 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 leadership of Morlocks. And the reason I bring that up is because of of the mercy that's giving, and and what she says with the, you know giving Callisto mercy, and then put it to this, and you'll you'll see my confusion. Okay, uh, let's see. Yeah, because I feel like I'm uh, it's almost forty minutes, and we're not even really into anything really. Let's see. Yeah, we're. We're technically on one, two, three, four, five, six. We're on page six. And let's see. So they're running. She said that, you know, they should give up, beg for unearned mercy. And then they see more bad guys standing in line, staring at a door, which is kind of odd. And she keeps talking. Um, I can't help but notice they're falling back instead of scattering. So either they're incredibly well-trained or they're protecting something. Close up of Cyclops. That's a really good shot of him. And he says, okay, then. This is the beating heart of it. Now, I, I literally had to stop and read that a couple times. That made no sense whatsoever to me. So this is the beating heart of it. What are we talking about? We were just talking about humanity and man making sentinels and passing it off as the future of humanity while Storm thinks that they should have already accepted that they've been beaten by mutant kind and given up and asking for unearned or unworthy uh, mercy. Then... She's like, oh, what's going on with these guys? And then he's like, it's the beating heart of it. 
of what? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So, okay then. This must. This is the beating heart of it. We've located their main lab, sir. Who the hell is he calling, sir? <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, that's what it says. We've located their main lab, sir. Do you have a lock on their position? And then, yes. We're ready when you are. And then uh, a, a guy, you see Cyclops and Storm in the background, and another soldier with a cam on his head, and he's like, What the? Bobby? Damn it, Bobby! Sorry. And then um, a crane shot of all the bad guys, and one guy goes, Oh, no. Oh, no, Pokey. Okay, so then we go to the next page, and it is Magneto and Polaris. Magneto's ripping the, the roof up, and one guy's like, Magneto. Now, this is something, at first, it, it kind of like, I was like, eh. But then I was like, I, okay, okay. I, it it kind of grew on me. Um. Magneto has always been kind of a mauve and purple color from 1963 to whenever they decided to change it. Um, he's always been mauve and purple. Now he's kind of like a white knight looking guy. And uh, at first I was like, eh, but okay. I mean, I, I've gotten used to it. Mm, kind of for the most part. I mean, it does look cool. I, I get it. I think he's they're trying to go for like a silvery look because, you know, metal, magnetism. And, um, yeah. So it is Magneto, close-up of Magneto's face, wearing the helmet. And it is, let me blow this caption up so I can read it. It says, Polaris, I know that I can be, at times, overly demanding. But am I asking too much of a flawed world if I want no rebel, and certainly no rabble, beneath my feet when they touch the ground? And then she, uh, the next panel is, is both of them looking down, and, and Polaris is lifting her hand up, kind of a magneto pose, and she's like, of course not, Father, allow me. And then uh, pretty much making a room where he can land and not touch any rebel. I will Google later. Or if anybody wants to email me, uh, dkmontoya at jayzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com, and tell me, what is a rabble? I know what rebel is, but what's rabble? And that is spelled, let me find it, R-A-B-B-L-E. If you know what it is, drop me a line and let me know. Um, maybe first person that tells me, I'll win something. I don't know what it'll be, but maybe they'll win something. Um, let's see. Then, uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Now we go to the next page, and Psyche is blasting the doors with his optic blast as Magneto is running up. 
And Cyclops says, they're locked down tight. It's shield, which I cannot punch through. Now, the, this is uh, the guy that can take off his, his visor and blow a hole right through a mountain. That's his, you know, that's his power. Um, let's see. They're locked down tight. It's shielded, which I cannot punch through. But the door itself is made of veranium. And then Magneto walks up and puts his hand on Cyclops' shoulder. Which you cannot. Step aside, Cyclops. And then there's a panel of Magneto making a pose and, and looks like metal coming towards him. Good artwork. Very good artwork. And then on the other side is Dr. Mars. They are almost through the door. What should we do? It's the guards and they're seeing that uh, for some reason, even though it's it's magnetic, it's uh, like a lightning bolt cutting down the doors. I'm not sure the, uh, the sense in that. And then uh, Dr. Mars, who's an old guy, uh, dressed in kind of a futuristic garb, is, uh, how much redundancy do we have between this hub and the forge? And they, for some reason, have the hub and forged bold. So let me reread that with more inflection. How much redundancy do we have between the hub and the forge? There you go. That's the way it should have been read. And now we're looking at what I'm assuming is the hub. Big old machine futuristic looking thing. And people are down by the control deck. And it says... Man, I'm getting blind. I'm on my iPad too and I have to blow this sucker up to see it. Uh, some One of the workers says there's an 80% overlap. So if we fail, our brothers and sisters will still retain a vast majority of the Orchard's knowledge. Which should I begin, or should I begin purging the mainframes? Should I destroy the data core? I said it like that because it was bold and it looked like it was italicized. So there you go. And then there's a close-up of a worker's helmet or a fighter's helmet. And in the reflection, you see Dr. Mars holding up a syringe, a yellow syringe. And you hear – well, you don't hear. You see Dr. Mars speaking, but you don't see him. He's speaking off scene. And it says, and lose the information forever? No. Better we make the ultimate sacrifice than to surrender to one inch to the mutants. What is that? He all scared. He's scared of a little needle. Evolution is an unyielding, apologetic master. The truth is, we're too civilized to deal with these vandals. Then another worker or soldier goes, Will it hurt? Life hurts, Dr. Smith. With a Y. S-M-Y-T-H. But will I let a little pain 
a little sacrifice stop me from protecting all these good works that I have done? Of course not. And he's standing there surrounded by the other guys holding his syringe. And then he just like jams it in his, his wrist, man. I'm like, ow. <laughs> Uh, that's not quite how you give yourself an injection, but it's all good. And uh, it says, these monsters can have my science when they pry it from my dull, cold, dead fingers. And then the X-Men, the four out of the X-Men, which is Cyclops, Magneto, uh, Polaris, and Storm. They're walking through the hole that Magneto ripped through. And it says, we're through. That's pretty obvious there. That is. Is that? Question mark. What's that sound? It's like wild. Oh. Yes, it's that O word again. And then all the workers have turned into wild apes. And they're lunging towards the four X-Men. And it says... On your right, be careful, they're sure to be savvy. All these apes have PhDs. Seriously, that's what it says. And then there's a close-up of Magneto, and he's gritting his teeth. And he's like, go, I will take care of this. Find them. You're like, okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm having way too much fun with this. Um, okay, so then all of a sudden, we change, turn the page, and they're in a different room. We don't know how they got there. And it says, deep inside the hub. And it's uh, kind of like the they're in like vile containers with full of water or, or something. And they're all in weird poses. And Cyclops says, they're stasis tubes. And then Storm says, Goddess, there are over a dozen of them. How little they must think of themselves to treat others this way. Polaris and I will get them out and make a gateway, Storm. And that's uh, Cyclops. So, now, at first, I didn't get this until it was later explained, and it explains it in the story. So I'm assuming that uh, it, it's been covered in later issues, but this wasn't. All of a sudden, she pulls out a, like a, a flower, and she zaps it with lightning, and then like waters it with her power, and then it turns into a portal. Because she's standing behind a portal, and it says it's ready to go. And I was like, seriously, really confused. I was like, what just happened? Yeah, and all of that, that was all the dialogue for that page. Um so, again, it gets explained a little bit later, but not in this realm. And then, uh, so, steam's coming up, people are coming out, and it says, uh, look at this. Oh, let's see, who is this? Seeing this, that's Polaris. Look at this. It all, it seems all of the other tubes hold mutants, but there's something different about this one. Go ahead and open it. And then, she does with her magnetic power and it sploosh and, and water comes out and this, this 
lady who's all black and white and wears a blue coat uh, comes out and she's like dot 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 you know like oh crap and um, she holds her hand up and it looks like she's trying to disappear and she goes I'm not here you do not see me and the X-Men are like you know yes we do and then Storm's the first one to say what are you talking about I'm looking right at you and then um, Polaris has this little scanner-looking thing, and it says human. Well, Tachyon breed suggests massive atemporal development. So technically, post-human. All right, that's where we're at. Next page. And then somehow, all of a sudden, she's back on her knees. Um, well, let me. I, I didn't catch that the first time. Let me back up. Uh, yeah, because she's standing when she says don't she's not steaming. That just must have been a, a mistake. And anyway, so she's back on her knees and she's like, I'm so I'm weak. I'm I'm so weak. And it's storm, she bends down. Great shot. Uh you're from the vault, aren't you? And then it's a close up of this black and white uh mutant. And uh, it says, I emerged before I was fully cooked. A child born out of time. But I had to. Don't you see? There are wild gods loose in the world. And then, of course, Magneto. And this is the next panel. <clears throat> and Magneto steps forward, and, and the girls are in the silhouette. And it's, it's a pretty good shot. And it's, uh, the only gods in this planet stand here before you, child. And then Cyclops looks up and uh, he's like, that was faster than I expected. Then Magneto replies, the evolutionary throwbacks retain just enough of their humanity for things to quickly become tribal. After I assessed my dominance, it didn't take long for them to turn on one another. So this is part of a story that I don't know about. And then she's like, I have to go. And then I'm like, um, if you've seen uh, any of the Terminator movies, when they time travel, you know, that, that electronic look and bubble that goes around them, that's what it is. And, and Storm's reaching out. She's like, no, whoa, or wait, don't. And then poof, she's gone. And again, like from uh, Terminator, there's a, a round circle crevice cut out for where she disappeared to. And then there's a dramatic shot of Magneto and Polaris looking down at the hole, but you don't see it. Well, it's a dramatic shot, so it's it's a looking up, you know. And it says, "Translocated, clever girl. Should we follow her, father? Yes. We couldn't have gotten very far. The faster you." And then he's interrupted. And it's Cyclops with Storm over his shoulder, looking at Magneto. No, that is not our priority. If the Council wants to make it one, we can deal with it later. But for now, we have more important things to do. Let's get these children home. And then it's uh, an OTS over the shoulder shot of Cyclops. And he's looking at all these freed mutants from all the the hibernation hibernation capsules 
or whatever they they called them earlier. And then <clears throat> on Carcoa, uh, the Living Island, the Mutant Nation State, and it's just a Carcoa in the water, nothing big. And then it gets this inside. I'm like, it's it. I don't know. It's almost like a. I felt like a an attempt of like a. A 1960s kind of LSD trip. <laughs> That's the way it looks to me. And um, you see a, a small silhouette of Cyclops walking walking amongst people. You see Wolverine off to his left, and it says, "All things considered, they are seem fairly healthy, Doctor Reyes. But I'd like to be sure that." And then he's interrupted, as someone says, "There's no no." So it's probably Dr. Reyes. And it says, <clears throat> don't worry. They're in good hands now. And if we find anything physically wrong, we have a healer on standby. And then Dr. Reyes, side view of Dr. Reyes, which I haven't seen Dr. Reyes since the 90s. So that's kind of neat that they brought her back. Um, she's checking out a, a mutant girl with like feathery things coming out of her face. And they're green. Kind of birdy looking. Is it a girl or is it a boy? It might be a boy, actually. Um, and then she's saying, but I'm being honest. My greatest concern is the underlying lining psychological trauma they might have after what they've been through. Even then, I have telepaths and some fairly grifted telepaths who are standing by ready to help to say nothing of ocean water clean skies and all the good things that come in living in paradise okay and then storm walks up and she's like <clears throat> doctor if you don't mind i'm going to stay with these two until you check them out and it's like um <sighs> Do you remember the the red and blue Superman back in the 90s? When I seen these guys, that's what I thought of. I really did. But one's gold and one's blue, which I thought was kind of neat because back in the 90s, the, the X-Men separated into two different teams. And one was called Blue Team and the other one was called Gold Team. So maybe it, that was a, a throwback to them, you know, the, the blue and gold. And then um, – <clears throat> It says, they haven't spoken, but the amount of energy they are radiating is, I'd just be more comfortable waiting until you, of course, Storm, happy to have the help. And then Cyclops is looking down at Storm, looks like it's, and he's like, are you sure you're feeling like sticking around? We've been going nonstop for the last week. You seem a little bit out there. Yes, I sure. I'm sure. And then it's, you know, the beauty of this place is that we're not on our own anymore. It's okay to let others shoulder some of the burden. That was Cyclops. And then a, a good shot of uh, Storm smiling. I'm tired of fighting, Scott, but I'll never be tired of lifting up our own. This is rain in the desert. It's life where there was none. 
Fair enough. But I'll check on you just in case. And then it's a, a shot of Cyclops. Great shot. And then it's like, Magneto's back. Magneto. Magneto. People are saying Magneto. And then, of course, you have all these people running, flocking to Magneto. And, uh, you know, one, one girl is asking, tell us how you defeated the humans, Magneto. Then a boy is asking, tell us how you saved those children. And then another boy is, will you take us next time you go? I want to fight with you. Which caught Magneto's attention as he turned to the little boy and bent down to be eye level with him. And he replied, which is, I thought was a really good scene, by the way. Really good scene. And it is, I spent my life fighting, so you would never have to, my child. I wasted too much of my life at war with these humans. But it was worth it, because now you have Kokoa. And Kokoa is all you will ever need. And then a close-up of the little boy. He looks angry. But he's like, but what if the humans try to take, take it from us? Like they do. Like they always do. I'm not afraid. I won't run. And then uh, uh, another dramatic shot of, or dynamic shot of Magneto looking down at the boys as they speak. And it says, you won't have to, for I am Magneto. Let man run from me. And then everybody's like, Magneto! As he puts the helmet back on. Magneto! And then uh, Cyclops is just kind of watching everything going on. And Polaris is looking at Cyclops watching. And it's and she's like, it's like he's a young man again. And she continues to the next page. I have to admit, it's a, it's getting a little embarrassing. He's waited a long time for this. We all have. And then he's uh, Cyclops is walking to a um, a portal, and Polaris is behind him. She goes, "You heading back home?" And then Cyclops replies, "Yeah, Dad's in town for a visit. The whole family there, Alex too." You know you're welcome to come. Now, a long time ago, I don't know what happened to it because, you know, I, I, I've been out of comics for a long time. But for many, many decades, Polaris and Havoc, which is Alex Summers, Cyclops' younger brother, was a couple, was a thing. So that's why he's saying, you know, you can join us too because you're probably you're still considered part of the family. And a good shot of Polaris. And it says, maybe next time. When the past is the past, and I'm still finding my way in this new land. And they are walking through some jungly looking stuff, kind of wild looking. And Cyclops is, it's something, isn't it? You know, I remember the day my son was born. I remember the sheer terror of it. Not the idea of being a father, my God. I love that. The I had waited my whole life for that. 
It was thinking about what kind of world I had brought this precious innocent child into, the horrors that my beautiful boy would have to endure simply because he was my son, of my blood, like me. And the worst part was I was right. He did suffer. He did. And there was nothing I could do to stop it. All I could do was endure it. Try not to surrender. Try not to give up. I'll tell you, it was a close thing, surrendering to the world. Very close. And then, let's see. They are still walking. It's a over-the-shoulder shot of them. They're kind of covered in silhouettes. Psych is still talking. And it says, but I held on. And look. I have you, I have your father, my family, my boy, we are home. Because I believed in a thing and now it's real. She's like, Scott, yeah. Do you really believe that? And then he's looking over his shoulder with a grin. Every every single word of it. And... I'm going to put a pin there. I think I think what we're going to do is we are going to come back on Friday. Yeah. I think that's exactly what we're going to do. Is we're going to come back on Friday and we're going to finish this bad boy. So we can uh, get together and give my voice a break. How does that sound? All right, gang. So come back Friday, and we will finish reading this. I hope you've enjoyed this so far. I've really just really nerded out. I haven't nerded out this hard in years. Good Lord. So until this Friday, for My Public Life as an American Nerd, I am David K. Montoya. And as always, I bid you adieu.